take it away. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, sorry for the delay there, but welcome to League One Fun, presented by Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scars. Um, for those of you who are going to be listening on the podcast, uh, we had a few technical difficulties we had to work through. Uh, so we're a little bit late on the live stream, but that's all right. We still have a great show uh, today. Anyhow, uh, we got some signings to talk about. We got some preseason games, and that's my most uh, exciting area today because I was actually able to watch a League One game over the weekend. So I can give you a, an actual report instead of just giving you a, a score. Uh, as always, we got some spicy soccer takes. Uh and we'll get to your questions. So let's kick right into it. Uh, Ira, uh, I know that Richmond signed uh, at least one player. You know, if you would like to take away, talk about who got signed and why we should know them. Yeah. So uh, about uh, about Ukar Keda, uh, he was a homegrown from uh, for, who's actually on loan for the season from the Columbus Crew. So you know, really exciting to see these young players being in proper loans instead of um, you know just kind of sitting on the bench or playing in in you know you. U19 Academy games. Um, so I, I think that's really exciting. And one of the things that um, we have to appreciate about him is, you know, he's he's a defender as well. So Richmond really is taking, you know, their back line um, uh, and also their development goals into account here. So he played, uh, he played 17 matches um, at, for the University of Virginia last year in 2018, um, and, uh, and they allowed only 12 goals. That was one of the least in, in all of um, – uh, in all of the NCAA, he was a uh, all freshman uh, for uh, for the ACC conference, and also top drawer soccer. Our friends over there named him to their second team best freshman. Um, so he was in the uh, January camp, uh, so you know the U.S. soccer is doing these January national team camps with multiple age groups. So they have U20s, U19s, and and a couple of other age groups together. And he was called up to that camp, um, and he, he's interesting too because he was very late. Uh, to joining the Crew Academy. You know, there's a lot of kids who joined, you know, 12, 13 years old to the Academy. He didn't join until he was 16. Um, and during that time, interestingly, I mean, just to show you how aggressive this kid is, um, in 43 matches, he picked up four reds and a, a whole lot of yellows as well. So, you know, he he likes going after the ball for sure. Um, I mean, hopefully as he gets older, he won't, um, you know, kind of be that aggressive where he's going to get a lot of reds. But uh, but it's nice to see a kid like that uh, get a chance. So uh, he is a home grown for the crew so uh the the crew i think is very high on him and hopes maybe one day to, to call him back and since the crew you know doesn't have their own two team i think that this is the kind of you know great loan system that league one can be used for for both the championship and mls yeah and, and phil grooms and i were speaking about it phil grooms brought it up that this is exactly what this league is perfect for so you have these MLS teams and even USL championship teams that have players who don't get minutes, right? I brought up in the first episode how Minnesota United had a player who got literally zero minutes within the whole year. So this is the kind of loans that you want to see. And when we see, um, I don't know if Raheem Edwards is actually going to play. Last last I heard from Lansing, he's not with the team yet, so we're not sure. But this is the kind of loans that 
is going to make this a great league. And this loan specifically is great for Abu Bakar because now he gets playing time. And with the U20 World Cup coming, you know, he was in the camp in January. If he wants to get a considerable look at, he needs to be playing. He needs to have some kind of highlights. He needs to have minutes. They need to be able to tell that he's in form and he's someone that they can bring with him. Um, so this is a perfect loan for both Richmond, having someone that went to college there, and for Abu Bakar as well. Speaking of players uh, who had a contract with a MLS team, Jason, you want to talk about Ford Madison's uh, new signing? Yes, the the dreams of Giro are here. So, uh, for for those who weren't watching uh, the Twitter feed. During the preseason, Minnesota United had a player on trial, this mysterious player no one knew about, uh, Jiro Toyama, who was just banging in goals, had a hat trick against FC Tucson, and everyone was just like, yes, sign him, we need him. Every time he was on the field, he was impressive. Uh, But the thing that's most impressive about Jiro is his ability to pretty much seems like to play anywhere, right? So we didn't know who this trialist was. He was was being known as P. Flamingo for forward uh, during these preseason games, uh, but he was playing right wing. Um, And so trying to find out who it was, I was looking at Minnesota's trialist since the affiliation, and I could not figure out who it was. Um, And the reason why I couldn't is because Jiro was playing left wing with Minnesota United during his whole preseason. So the fact that he's able to go right wing now and be impressive for Ford Madison is something that all fans should be excited about. Um, And they should even be more excited because prior to even uh, the preseason with Minnesota United, he's been playing left back for the past two years. So that just shows the uh, versatility of him where he can be all over on the field. Uh, I went to Florida Gulf Coast where he played on in the wing and back. Um, Exciting players from Chiba. And this is someone that uh, I think Ford and Minnesota fans can both get behind. So when you go to a couple Minnesota United games, you might see some Giro jerseys around. So in in continuation with uh, MLS uh, theme here for signings, Toronto has a player that I can talk about. Now, as we, as we've talked about with uh, OCB and Toronto too, we knew that there was a supposed roster available. We knew that there was at least some number of players, but we didn't have anyone really to talk about. Uh, But uh, Toronto has signed Eric Klinowski, who recently played with Hapul Maorik uh, FC, which is in Israel's second division. So to my calculations, that's the second player in League One that has came from uh, an Israeli uh, Premier League or the Israeli Soccer League in general. Um, But what's interesting about Eric is that in 2017, he was drafted by DC United uh, and was playing for USL League's two's uh, Ocean City Nor'easters and also played for New York Red Bull U23s. Um, he did make one appearance with, with the Richmond Kickers, um, and in 2016 won uh, the co-goalkeeper of the year. Uh, so he's you know definitely a young talent, uh, has has some hardware to bring to the team. Uh, I know, Ira, you had some 
some thoughts or, or some uh, observations of him. Yeah, so so I actually live very close to Ryder University, and I actually saw him play once against uh, against Ryder because they were in the same conference in uh, in New Jersey. He went to Monmouth University, and he's from Lincoln Park, New Jersey, which is a real place. It's not only a band, um, and uh, so he's a pretty strong shot stopper. What what where I think he probably has is a bit of deficiency is with his distribution. So he's not as good with his feet or you know goal kicks or just finding kind of the right player out of the back but he's uh, he's pretty tall and he gets down really fast for a guy who's six six he really gets down uh quite quick um so you know i think he's i think he's okay i think he might be maybe like toronto's thinking that he might be like a third string goalkeeper you know they might play him in like you know cup matches against maybe you know canadian premier league teams or something like that but he's uh you know if he gets enough reps here and he gets a, a lot of experience in in league one he could be a guy who ultimately uh, gets you know at least a few reps with the first team for sure uh, another signing that we have uh is for lansing it's actually a loan uh, but it's alex bruce uh, who's 20 years old he's from england played with the Texans, SC, Houston's, U, uh, 17 and 18. He had 17 goals in 29 games, so he can uh, put the ball on the back of the net. Uh, he also played with San Antonio FC uh, in last year. Uh, he had three goals, but something that, that caught my eye was that his uh, pass completion rate in the 13 games that he played uh, was just above 70%. Uh, so you, you think about, you know, 13 games, you know, depending if he's, I don't know if he started all of them, but, you know, they figure out the minutes they're having completion of over 70, that, that's pretty good for that limited amount of time. Um, but it also shows that, you know, the players from the, the championship who aren't playing, uh, you know, should get some more playing time by coming down to League One. Um, Chris, I haven't kicked anything off to you yet. You know, how, how do you think that, you know, having... Loney's um, is going to affect the rosters for League One. Uh, we, you know, we have, we see that there's a couple Loney's coming down, um, and there's possibly some more in the future with different partnerships from MLS clubs and League One. Um, but moving forward, how do you think if this affects the roster spots and teams that are you know trying to fill out rosters? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a League One team, you welcome that especially from the mls level i mean you're talking you're, you're talking to very high quality players who are maybe on the younger side or who just aren't aren't getting the playing time maybe need some development but there's a lot of upside if you're a league one team as a fan of a team that doesn't necessarily have any of those loanies announced yet like that I, it's something that i'm jealous of like i wish i wish we could get some some big name like i would love to see some of the recent signees, uh, some of the super draft picks from this year come down and, and have a little spin with Greenville. Uh, you know, the, the other side of that, though, is that a lot of times with loanies come expectations um, from the parent club and they want a certain – they want a guaranteed certain amount of playing time or a certain position or a certain level of training. And so I know, you know, it's dependent on the organization and what they're looking to do. You know, some coaches may not really welcome that or want – to have that kind of oversight, they may want to have, be able to do their own thing. And, and perhaps that's what Greenville's doing, 
Um, I, I think just in the few times I've met Coach Harks, I think he has a very clear vision of what he wants to do. And so maybe he's a little more resistant to having someone come in that, that needs to have some kind of required playing time or required system to play in. Yeah, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see which teams actually decide to do this. I think, Ira, in your piece, you said there's 30 roster spots, right? And I know Richmond's not even halfway there. You've got a couple teams who, you know, are almost full. You've got a couple teams not, you know, that aren't even close. So they might bring in guys late, right? Or maybe they keep those spots open with the with the line, the freeze of the roster being so late into the season, maybe that's when you go, okay, let's loan some guys in. We're in fifth. We need to get to that fourth place to get into the playoffs. Let's loan somebody in now, get a couple games before the freeze comes. Um, And then by not having those 30 spots already full, uh, you allow that opportunity to happen. So I have a feeling this is just one of, you know, many loanies we're going to see in the league. I I think think there's, sorry, I think there's going to be a little bit of trickle down with that too, because, you know, once the, once the MLS season's going for a couple of weeks, then, you know, USL championship levels kicking off this week. So you might have some folks filter down there and I think it's going to trickle down. We may, you know, you may get some MLS guys fall all the way down to league one, but I think it could also trigger some championship side players trickling down to league one as some of these MLS guys get loaned to championship sides. And, and I think the, the other thing is too, you know, it depends on, on the coach. I think Chris is a hundred percent, right? Like someone like, like Richmond getting someone for the season is much different than someone going back and forth between league one. Like one of the problems Richmond had in the past was they would get guys from DC for who wouldn't train with them, right? They would just be with DC and then they drive the hour and a half to Richmond, play in a game, not have any chemistry with the team. And, and that's not an ideal situation. I mean, I think quite frankly, for this, for the team as well as for the players, um, kind of their own development. So I think, you know, loan like a season long loan or, or even if it's known as going to be a six month loan is much different than having this up and down that you might get with say some of the two sides, for example. So, um, but I agree, like if, if coach Harks doesn't want to, doesn't want to have to deal with, you know, you know, definitely playing a player in 50% of matches, uh, if they're not performing well in practice and in training and stuff, then, you know, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's completely in their right. Now, Chris, I know that you're a little bit jealous that so far Greenville hasn't had any of the loanies, but you, uh, Greenville did get their Jersey reveal today. They did. (laughs) They did. And it was, uh, I think I, I think you know, Jason's our spicy soccer guy, but I think I might have dropped a little spicy on MLS today, talking about how you do right white kits the right way. <laughs> you don't just put out some plain white tees. Hey there, Delilah, we got to get some <laughs> design going here. And uh, the triumph went uh, hashtag full Fulham, and went the the bars across. And the the cool thing I didn't notice at first was that the green in the middle is actually the gradient like the uh, crest. It, it, it kind of fades. It makes it look a little metallic. Um, and then the, uh, the home kit, the primary kit, I guess, is, is green with blue shoulders. There's some blue stripes down the side. Um, I think they look amazing. Um, obviously, with Nike, you know, they're going to be they're going to be good kits. And obviously, with Nike, the price tag is going to be a little bit hefty. Um, and, but, you know, the thing about it is I don't think it's any more unreasonable than most USL championship teams or, or League One teams have had. But 
you know, I'm willing to pay a little bit of a price if it's a kit that I actually want to wear. And and that's the thing I'm most pleased with Greenville's is they're they're good looking kits. And like I'm I'm kind of frustrated because I feel like now I've got to buy both of them because I, I really love both of them. And I am not a white kit guy, but uh, but this white kit is is fresh. Yeah, this is one of the I, I, I approve of this spicy message. This is uh, one of the white kits that I have enjoyed. Um, and I do love on the primary kits, the white collar. I think it's the little things like that, little details like that, that really stick out and turn a jersey into something special as opposed to looking like a regular shirt. Um, I think it incorporates all of the the brand's themes, the team's colors. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I don't know how I feel about the $90. I'll, uh, I'll talk about that another day, but let's see what the uh, rest of the league does first, and uh, then we can talk about it. Well, so supporters – uh, in the official supporters group and season ticket holders get a little bit of a discount. So, you know, just saying, got a little bit of that. Uh, the other thing I'll say too, that uh, I appreciate what the Triumph did is they have a very, very local business started in the upstate has really grown to a massive company as their primary sponsor, a company that, that has business across the country. And they said in the announcement, Hey, this is a great opportunity for us to be featured in all of these States and cities where we are trying to grow our business throughout the league. Um, but I appreciate that they stayed local there. And I also appreciate that from the vice chairman of the team, he vetoed any kind of tramp stamp, uh, sponsor on the back panel. So he was like, we're keeping the back clean, just the number and the name. Don't, don't need to have that, uh, that little butt flap, uh, sponsor there. So no strike butts like here in Atlanta. It's, it's great to see, you know, we were talking about the different partnerships and, uh, the different sponsors, like, Ignites was LAFC, which is uh, their uh, credit union in, in Lansing. But it's it's really great to see that not only is League One trying to be more community-based on their teams and getting the support out there, but but also their sponsors. Uh, I, you know, I hope that continues as we see more kit reveals. And, you know, as what every, about every year, every two years, teams, uh, you know, get new kits and depending on the – the uh, sponsorship contract, it could change, but hopefully it stays local for the most part there. Are our leagues putting uh, their money where their mouth says, you know, what's your league doing? Just just throwing it out there, questioning it. Spicy takes already. Adidas. Uh, now- <laughs> so, Chris, uh, you also ha- have mentioned, I-, I know it was at least uh, in-, in our chat, uh, that for, from what you can tell, it looks like uh, the Triumph have sold 1,000 season tickets. Yeah, that's that's a, a rough estimate. So basically, the team announced that they're playing a scrimmage uh, against App State at home on March 16th. So it's a Saturday. So they're trying to, uh, one, just get some fans out, be able to test run the stadium, probably test run all the game day operations just to make sure everything's kind of running smooth before the first home game comes. And so as a part of that, season ticket holders are able to get their seat um, for free. And so they've kind of grayed out the seats, but they're also selling tickets to the match. So me being the enterprising uh, journalist that I am, went on the site to try to see which seats were grayed out and which seats were still available for sale and literally individually counted all of the seats that were grayed out, got to just north of 850 
of the seated season tickets so that have a specific seat and then there are sections on both ends of the sideline that are general admission and then the entire supporter section is general admission so uh i'm assuming that there's probably at least 150 uh, general admission tickets either in supporter section or on the ends um add that to the 850 so i'm i'm thinking that they've probably sold north of a thousand which for a team that doesn't that hasn't existed before in a brand new league, uh, I think that's a that's a, a real statement of how this community has really embraced the team already, um, and so I'm I'm excited to see it grow because I really think, uh, I, you know, I think with the kit reveal today, uh, that's going to be big time news. People are going to see a tangible thing. I think that's going to draw some more interest, probably some more ticket sales. I think once they do the scrimmage and there's actually a product on the field that'll drive some more sales once the first game comes around that's going to drive a lot of sales so i really think it's going to be a a really banner year for the triumph in their first season yeah uh, this past weekend uh when when i was talking with uh ignites head coach uh nate miller you know he wow. was explaining throwing names about, out there uh, at us. <laughs> We'll get to that later, mm. uh, but but he was you know explaining about how you know how massive the community has gone together and collectively like, just are dying to have soccer, you know and and you know they they do have Michigan State which is a great you know college team, but for to have one this is their first professional soccer team uh, in Michigan. Uh, you know, and how they're just dying to have it. So, you know, hopefully they get the, their numbers. I know their stadium situation is completely different than than what the Triumph has. But, you know, hopefully we see these these numbers not only for the first year, but, you know, also continue that way uh, throughout uh, the upcoming seasons. Uh, speaking of upcoming seasons, though, there was uh, there was a mention that – there could be a League One team coming to Long Island, potentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe imagine, imagine a, a professional soccer stadium in the in New York City area, and it uh, doesn't involve NYCFC. Wow, couldn't be my league. Uh, Ira or, uh, or Jason, do you want to do you want to speak more on that? Right, you can speak on it. Yeah, so I actually grew up out that way. So I actually grew up watching the Rough Riders. One of my coaches when I was growing up in the 80s played for one of the incarnations of them before the current one, which has been uh, around now since 94. Um, so the Rough Riders are talking about maybe uh, joining League One, and they're looking for a stadium. And and a couple of years ago, I want to say it was 2017, you know, maybe two years ago, they were looking for space in, in a place called Ronkonkoma, which is like right dead center of Long Island. And uh, there's a little airport there, so it actually you can actually get regional planes from places like, um, uh, you know, like like Charlotte or Greenville, and and actually be able to 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 fly there. So they would be an interesting. Uh, place for soccer. It's a hotbed of soccer. It's like, in in a way, it's like New Jersey. And and the Cosmos um, have a development academy out there. There's another development academy out on Long Island as well. Um, uh, I don't think it's run by the Rough Riders. Rough Riders have their own program. Um, But uh, it it is a hotbed for soccer. I mean, it's where, where, you know, a lot of people, you think about who played for the Rough Riders back in the day, and it's, you know, it's guys like uh, Giovanni Savarisi and Tony Mayola. I mean, those are, you know, household names in, in the soccer community. 
and they played for the Rough Riders. So that would be great for the franchise to have a, a pro team in the future. Um, you know, we, we were talking about this in our chat, though. Like, you know, we, we have a lot of teams on the East Coast now in League One. We need a lot more out West. I mean, Tucson is so far out of the way. We, you know, where, you know, maybe this could lead us to a discussion. And I don't know, you know, if Jeff or, or Chris, you guys have an idea, like what jurisdictions out, out West could help you know, Tucson and building the game up there. There's there's a big blank space on the map, <laughs> kind of. In I the mean, if, if there's any if there's any oil tycoons or <laughs> or businessmen out in Montana, cattle ranchers that want to fund a team, Montana FC, I'll move there tomorrow. I'm in. I'm in for Montana FC. Um, you know, I think th- you look at the other leagues, and there really are a lot of teams, um, kind of on the West Coast and the and the Southwest area and into Texas. But I think kind of that mid middle plains area in the country, the the U, Utah. I mean, you have RSL, but like the Utahs, the Idahos, the Wyoming's, Montana's, the Dakotas. Like I feel like there's a a big patch of America, and I get you know that's probably where the least amount of people live. Um, but I think there's a big a big blank space in the map there that could really be filled, and maybe League One as they continue to grow as a league, maybe that's the strategy is like, let's try to find markets where there is a need and there's not currently something there and we can go in and and try to fill that void. And uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And all that's going to do is, is help on a national scale too. Cause you look at Boise, Boise has an incredible player pool. They have a lot of talent up there. The fans have been asking for soccer for years now. I see it all the time on Reddit, Twitter, wherever soccer fans are complaining. So if you bring in you know, a soccer team in the Boise, now you're developing players closer to home. They don't have to have a financial constraint of moving all the way down to Arizona or California or wherever to go to those academies to get that training. And all of a sudden now, maybe we'll find the left back that we need in the U.S. national team, right? Maybe we're able to find a left winger. We we can find those players because now we're going into areas where we haven't been and we're able to find that talent. They got to play on a blue pitch if they're in. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. And you know Colorado, uh, Colorado has a, a whole conference in the UPSL that just caved. So there's a big, a big gaping hole there too that uh, that League One could jump in and fill. As as Ryan was talking about, you know, last week when we had him on the show, you know, there are a couple of teams. You know, he did drop. You know, uh, I wow, I just blanked on both of the names there. Bowling Green was one, uh, and I blanked on the other one. But you know, they are talking with with areas and teams that would like to be in there obviously you know they're most likely not going to come this upcoming year it's probably gonna be you know two to three years out but you know earlier last well late last week with the usf championship the news dropped about some games that are going to be on espn3 and espn news um and you know there was there was some fans of championship teams that were complaining about you know their team not not having the th- game time, things of that nature. But when I looked at the schedule, you know, besides the fact that most of them had Saturday games, if you look at the the teams that have the most ESPN3 or ESPN News uh, viewings, they're in areas where either it's a brand new team or in areas where there's a lot of room for the surrounding viewing area to get a League One team. So, you know, yeah, you know, it sucks if your team doesn't have ESPN3, ESPN News, like, you'll get over it, but it's a lot more for USL as a whole to look at like, 
where are these areas that you know maybe we haven't discovered yet but we want to tap into and this is a great way because espn3 espn news are not um are not on the espn plus so if you still have cable if you have those channels you can watch them there but it's also you know like el paso has i think it's three or four and we know that texas is just a hotbed for soccer in and of itself and you can you can easily put you know three four league one teams there and not disrupt anything in the surrounding area so i think that moving forward the the tv structures that we see you know that are going to be more on the tv side than the espn plus side are going to be how they're they're looking at mm, all right what's the fan base looking like what where can we go and start making deals about you know hey you know we want a team here or we see you have have interest and and that that's the biggest part of this you know it's yeah we would love you know we would love western coast teams we would love uh, middle of the country teams but it's also seeing exactly where people want the teams and where they're going to be successful you know you you obviously don't want to put a team in a city where it's going to you know happen for a few years and then it's going to crumble like you know those things those things do happen but the more responsible you can be with planning cities and teams the better I like how uh, Jeff threw his own fans under the bus there, telling them to quit whining, Riverhounds. Um, but no, but uh, but like I said a couple of weeks ago, Des Moines talent there, they've been craving soccer. You look at the Premier League statistics, ML statistics, Norfolk is in the top 10 every week, right? And I don't know any soccer team up there. So those are places to look for. But one place we might see a League One team um, – you know, the Lakeland Tropics had a proposed stadium deal um, and they're trying to build a 3,500 seat stadium. And it'd be great to get Orlando Tropics rivalry going on. So, you know, that might want to look into that and see if that's something that we could potentially see in the future. So speaking of the grassroots, speaking of local areas there, uh, Tormenta uh, had some of their players actually go see a Statesboro High School match, uh, which which is really cool. You know, as as we've talked about, all throughout uh, the show here, but also last week when Ryan touched on it, uh, it was the fact that, you know, having kids, you know, whether, you know, whether they're in elementary school or high school, you know, having a stadium near them, having a place where they can look and say, you know, maybe one day I'll play there, you know, you know, obviously set your, your aspirations as high as they can go, but, you know, be like, maybe one day I'll play there. It'll be comforting. And, you know, having, Tormenta players go to a high school, you know, there, there are high school kids that can look and be like, okay, there, there's a te- a new team that's coming here watching us. Maybe I can get an interest in one of those scouts there. You know, maybe I know that I'm not fully prepared or maybe, you know, I don't have the, the talent or the path to go, you know, super high right now, but this is, this is a pathway up through and the team just being down the road, you know, and, and I, I hope we see more of that as we go on. I know that we're, that there's preseason matches uh, versus college, and then Lansing has the uh, Capital Cup. But you know, the more they can get involved in their community, uh, the the better it's going to be. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's cool that players can look over and see that the professionals are there. A makes them probably try harder, right? Knowing that hey, I'm being watched. B it makes it a more realistic goal, and then C it might be accessibility, right? They might actually be able to go to the players after the game and get tips or the players might be able to tell them like, Hey, what you do with your right foot is really great. Why don't you try working on this? And that's something that can really help the community grow and also help these players, you know, try to achieve something that, you know, they might lack 
the motivation for or might not see it possible, but now that they see players at their game, they think it's realistic. Uh, so for those that, that watch our live streams, uh, we all know that Jason is the kid master. I think on the first or second episode, he said that he could go probably from like the first of the year till early spring every day with a different jersey on. It's absolutely fine. Uh, and we know that he likes his, sp- his spicy soccer takes. But is it true you might have uh, something here about a, a kit reveal or a little, uh, little oh, yeah. thing here that you want to talk about? Well, you know, so, you know, me being a kit connoisseur, um, I have, you know, some some sources going around and I might have obtained a certain League One uh, jersey that has not been released yet. And so, you know what? I think I'm going to release it on our social media channels. What do you guys think? Friday? Friday sound good? I think we'll do Friday. So Friday, look at our uh, Twitter channel. You're going to see an exclusive League One fun jersey reveal um i'm not gonna I'll, I'll throw a hint on there tomorrow as to which team but it definitely is a fire jersey and i'm not saying that just to say it like at me being the kit connoisseur i'm gonna let you know straight off the back it is fire i love every part of it and i think you guys are gonna like it too on friday so, so two things about this one i fully expected him to do what every highly college recruit has is where they, they just rip off whatever, you know, shirt or, or hoodie they have on and just show it. One, I was fully expecting that. <laughs> and two, if if the team, whoever the team is, gave you this opportunity and you didn't like the jersey, would you straight up tell them no? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if your jersey's trash, I'm not going to wear it. I'm not, I mean... Well, I mean, everyone has their price, right? But I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be doing all this, right? I'd be like, oh, look, look whose jersey it is. Isn't that cute? But no, this is a absolutely great jersey. Um, like I was saying, incorporates their theme very well. The colors, the branding, uh, even the goalkeeper jersey's cool. So look out for that on Friday. All right, we're we're just dropping hot takes all over the place here. <laughs> uh, so there was some preseason games. Uh, this is the. Second full week of preseason. Uh, I guess technically this is almost the third. Um, the I'll go about the games that we have scores on. There, there are a couple of games that I don't know the scores of. Uh, so we'll talk to those after I'm done, just in case I missed anything. Um, but as we talked about last week, the uh, USL Championship and USL League One preseason, a little bit of a rivalry. Um, Ford doesn't beat St. Louis FC one nothing. Um, then, then it kind of fell off the rails because uh, you know North Texas played a non non championship team one, uh, and Pepe scored two goals, I believe. Four on the um, seat. Four on the preseason. He's got the pre-season. preseason golden boot right now. And just and to just to correct you, because I don't need uh I don't need your mentions being full of uh, angry St. Louis fans. I think St. Louis won that one. What up? Did they? I think so. No. Oh, I don't know. I think I got the. Let me check League One. Yeah, I think I think I think I, uh, you're too busy at Lansing and canoodling with them, so I don't think you actually got to yes, watch it. Yes, I wrote it down absolutely wrong. I wrote it down. 
don't, don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. <laughs> this has been an off week, so don't listen to me. Um, St. Louis did win. Um, then uh, the Riverhounds beat uh, Lansing Ignite, speaking of Ignite, uh, 2 nothing. Uh, we'll talk about that game in a minute. Uh, the kickers uh, drew with Old Dominion 2-2. And game today uh, with Ford Masson and St. Louis University. Um, but when my last check, I did not see a score for that. I think it was canceled. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I and, know they were getting some bad weather, so that makes that makes sense. Yeah. And then I think with the kickers game, that 2-2 with Old Dominion, I don't think the kickers – played all of their starters. I think that was a pretty much a trialless game and had a lot of the uh trialless playing in that one. Okay. Yeah, they they had they substituted almost everyone from what it looked like. So like a lot of people got to run out. Well, that's that's one of the things that we like seeing, you know, is obviously, you know, the the trialists who are trying to make the team getting as much time as possible. Um I know I know Jason got into it a little bit this week uh in his mentions about preseason, but but you know, in, in all honesty, the the score for preseason, like you shouldn't take those scores too seriously. Like you should take trends seriously, but not not the scores, especially League One fans, because this is your second, third games in. You know, you're you're still about three weeks away before the season starts, so there's still a lot of trialists trying to make the team. There, there are coaches that are trying to figure out, you know, who's staying week to week. You know who you know isn't making their camp the next week to bring in players. So there's a, there's a lot of that going on. Um, but in the ignite game, you know, as we say about the score lines, doesn't necessarily talk about the game. Uh, so ignite did play the Riverhounds pretty hard. And for those of you who don't know much about the Riverhounds, um, I don't blame you for because before this year we weren't that successful i mean i'm gonna be honest here throw your own right the, the fans now the team good lord wow we, we've converted it jason and chris we have converted jeff into league one jeff jeff's getting his, his media passes revoked i don't know uh... no, i mean honestly if you pay attention to the riverhounds before this past season for the last three or four years before this past season we weren't really that great so like a lot of people just like beat over this but but with Bob Lilly, you know we've been a more defensive team not that we haven't scored but that's been our bread and butter is you can't beat us if you can't score and Lansing knows this and Lansing was a very um you know attacking uh, so they did play the Riverhounds very hard uh the first goal that got scored was a bad rebound that just didn't get picked up and got put in the back of the net. So, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, them being overpowered. It it was just one of those fluke things that happens. Um, and that was just before uh, the end of the half. So when they came out for the second half, you know, they play, they were still playing hard, but you, you could tell the confidence was shaking a little bit. And as time went on, uh, Towns who are playing not this week but next week's their opening game, you know, so they have most of their players are already signed. Most of their players there, you know, in the second half were players that you know they were they were either looking to get some time in. I know Joe Greenspan was coming back from an injury, so he got some limited time, but they did score a goal because they just 
outlasted Ignite. And for a team that's, you know, almost ready to start a season compared to a team that's just starting preseason, it wasn't that bad of a game. You know, obviously there's some things to work on, but it was just one of those examples where the score doesn't tell the, the full story. Um, and with that, you know, I did get to talk to Nate Miller after the game for a interview that, that will get posted, you know, sometime relatively soon. Um, but, you know, he was saying that, you know, th- that game was obviously disappointing, but there was a lot of good to be taken out of it. Uh, and, and it's a lot of players trying to get into their system. One of the players that I got was really impressed with and not because Jason told me to give him a, a review of it, but Nick Moon is going to be an amazing player. Uh, so he played on the left. He started off like what looked like a wide left wing um, and then turned out, you know, on, on defense, he'd, he'd go back to be more of a wing back, but he would just run deep streaks anytime they got the ball for a counter. And it worked for about the first five or six attacks. Like Bob Lilly was having fits with his defense because they weren't picking it up. Um, but he kept that up pretty much the whole game. He had a couple nice runs, but just his work rate uh, is, is going to be amazing. Uh, that's, that's one player you should definitely watch. Um, so congrats, uh, Jason, for knowing exactly who to tell people to watch. <laughs> um, so we have a few questions. I, I know that we started a little bit later today, um, but we have a few questions. Also, for those of you who are trying to watch the uh, Atlanta CCL game, I'm sorry that we're keeping you a little bit past the, the deadline. We understand if you jump off. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll, we won't hurry up with the questions, but we'll get to as many as possible here. Um, Andrew Utaro uh, comes with a question of, with, speaking of the new teams, uh, how does Buffalo not have any kind of pro soccer team? And, and that's a very good question, especially for New York, especially for the Buffalo region. Um, Ira, I'll kick it off to you because you live closer to there than, than I do. <laughs> Yeah, it is It is a little baffling, right? I think Rochester was kind of always the Western New York team. Um, and, you know, between Syracuse and Rochester and Buffalo, um, you know, Rochester was kind of nestled there in between. But it's still a long way, right? So I think, you know, League One, that would be great if, if there was was a team in Buffalo um, or even Niagara, you know, somewhere somewhere kind of along the, uh, the Erie Shore there. Um, because you'd easily be able to get to Toronto, easily be able to get to Rochester. It's not that far really to Lansing or to um, or even down the road to uh, to Harrisburg when those teams come come on Um, so you know I think I think that's a really interesting metropolitan area and certainly one that would be really surprised if USL hasn't been considering Um, I I think maybe there's some other priorities because there's other holes within uh, media markets but it it certainly makes a lot of sense it's 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 a uh, you know it's a pretty decent soccer area Um, you, you know there's there's always high school state champions from from that neck of the woods or people who make the finals uh, uh, all the time from there. So it's uh, it makes a lot of sense if, if there were own- – I think, you know, one of the issues with a lot of the cities is probably finding relevant ownership groups more than anything else. If, if you have a good ownership group, I'm sure the league would consider it if you were able to get plans for – um, for for stadium and stuff and, and and you know that's where Rochester is that's the problem that Rochester's having is where to play it's not that they don't want to 
Um, and, you know, that that's one of the oldest, you know, teams in USL. So, you know, clearly we want them back. Um, so can Buffalo find the stadium as well? Anyone else before we move on? All righty. Uh, so Ethan Fable wants our way too early predictions for a top five team in the league. Now, I will, I will start off with his. Uh, Chris, you might want to cover your ears for this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but his are, and I don't think they're they're in a particular order. But Madison, no, he Madison, he actually did put them in an order, but I forgot to put the numbers. So th- this is the order oh, okay. that he put them. Okay, so we go: Madison, Chattanooga, Lansing, Richmond, North Texas. And I, for for sake of time, we won't go around the room yet and ask the top five. But how close is he to your top five? Not even. Ooh. Nowhere, nowhere in wow. the near vicinity. Well, as, wow. as the only as the only neutral on this show, um, I, I think he's got four out of five. I'm not going to say which four. No. Okay. I'm going to actually make you say which four because tell me which one you're replacing. Okay. Um Madison. For sure. Lansing, for sure. I think they're going to have the deepest depth and rotation because of their playing style. Um, I do think that there's no way Greenville isn't going to be in that top five. I think they're going to slip in S5 just because of their coach, just because of what they're doing. Um, So Richmond, I believe, is going to be there too. I don't know about North Texas. I think that they're going to be a very talented team. I don't know if it's going to be enough to be in that top five, though, because they're kids, right? Like, from from as talented as kids are, they're still kids. They still need that experience. They still are going to get tired legs. This is probably the most that they've played in their lives, and the amount of games they're going to play, the amount of minutes they're going to play. So I think North Texas is going to be one of the most fun teams to watch, but I think towards the end of the season, they might trickle out of it. But my concern with Chattanooga is I don't know about that back line. And I, I don't know about that age, you know? So when you have teams like Lansing and you do have younger teams like Orlando in North Texas, that's going to be running around rapidly. I don't know how long Chattanooga is going to be able to hang with that back line, but we'll see what kind of reinforcements they bring in. It's still early. He's going to try to backtrack this one, but you heard this from Jason. He doesn't like kids. If you have kids, <laughs> like kid, he just doesn't like you. Yeah. They're expensive waste of investments. You don't know how they're going to turn out. Nah. Play the lottery, you got better chances. <laughs> uh, so Weston, Weston Sheldon, who uh, who always trips in with with very good questions, um, was his question is: If you were a League One coach and you had the Open Cup game waged between two league games in a week, would you prioritize who you throw out there? Uh, for the the cup game, or would it be dependent on where you are in the standings? I I I might go first on this one, uh, just really quick. Um, I think that you have to prioritize the cup games because the U.S. Open Cup comes er- so relatively early in the season, and you know where you can maybe make up some points on the back end if um, you want to you, you want to go through. But you know this is it's a big deal, right? To be able to go and be the number one team from League One, there is a little bit of a monetary uh, gain that you get for for being the best team from 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 the league. Um, but importantly, like you want to prove yourself 
against uh, you know the championship team, and you don't want to be embarrassed if you wind up playing you know a League Two team in in that uh, uh, in say the first round when when you enter. Um, so you know it's one thing to maybe you know you throw out a, a you know a, a kind of a mixed team if you're going up against a championship team that you don't think you can beat even with your first team, but it's different to you know it depends on where you are i think in the the cup cycle not so much in the league cycle yeah 100 percent agree this is why depth is important right like this is what it's for it's not it's about staying on top of the table but also being able to have these you know in middle of the week games and be able to bring someone off your bench that you're confident that can keep up with people from usl championship or a, a level that's higher than uh the league so yeah, depth's important, but I also think it depends on the team, right? So I think for these Toronto, Texas, Orlando's, that's experience, right? So it's just like that's great for them to get out, but that might not be a priority for Chattanooga. They're, they're not they actually be playing. It's actually oh, six. That's right. They there's won't. Only, there's only six teams that are in it. So the okay, the, 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 four, the four second teams aren't in it. Okay, so. so then yeah, but it's still like Chattanooga needs to, in my opinion, do the best out of all league one teams for them to make that impression for them to say like, Hey, we're here. This is ours. <laughs> Chris, I know, I know Chris is going to try to instigate to make it spicy, but it is, it's important for them because they, I, I truly believe their first year really dictates how long um, they're going to be in the league and how much fandom gets behind them. And so if they're able to go and showcase and say, look at us beating USL championship teams. Look at us playing MLS teams. There's another team in this town that's not doing that. That might swing, you know, some in-between fans. They've already made it further than Chattanooga FC. In mm, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so my, my input on this uh, is, and I'm, I'm going to steal a line uh, from Nate Miller, is we don't come out to lose. So... Yeah, I mean, it obviously depends on the standings. But at the same point, one, this is the inaugural time for League One being the Open Cup. Two, you know, you can make up points. Like, realistically, you know, depending on where you are in the standings, you know, you can make up, what, that that's a total of six points there? Yeah, yeah. If we win? If you, if you, so, yeah. And then what you could do is you conquer with your second team, right? Right. And like you have to be confident enough with with your depth. Like if you're not confident enough with your depth, you're not doing a great job of putting your team together. You know, obviously they're depth, so they're not your first team. But you know, you shouldn't be building your your rotation players or your your depth players just for the sake of having to put together a roster. So you have to have some faith in them. And it also depends on who they draw. You know, because there's going to be stronger and weaker teams. And like you may match up to that. So you may have, you know, your full first squad in just because you're facing a stronger team in the cup. So something they consider here too is look, the first round when when League One teams enter the tournament is May 7th and 8th. And when you think of, when you think about that, we're only going to be five games into the season. So, you know, no like no no one's going to know where they really are in the standings, right? Like you might have an undefeated team and you might have another team that, you know, has only won two matches, but they're only going to be, th- you know, nine points out of first place. So it's not, uh, you know, it, it's not that telling and that big of a deal. I think that first round is, in particular, you have to play your first team. You know, as you get maybe a little deeper in the tournament, you might have to rethink that, but. But yeah, you get you go to win at least those first couple of games. Staying on uh, on that motivation realm, Tyler Bartels uh, asked, 
how do you stay motivated on a League One side when you're beating championship teams in preseason, where there's no current way to move up to the next division uh, and a higher level of competition? Uh, do you just hope this is as a player? Do you just hope you get noticed and force a, a bigger club to you know, sign you in the in the upcoming seasons? Well, yeah, I mean, you've got affiliate teams in MLS, right? So it's not like you're not being watched. You have different scouts looking. You're on ESPN+. Plus. This is your way of making the team so then that you can be in the position to showcase your skills to a wide variety of people, right? So that should be motivation enough. You should be going out there trying to solidify starting spot and knowing that there can be anybody who might not be in the stands, but anyone can be watching you right now. And it's the teams that don't have affiliate teams. When they do get them, they're going to be looking down and say, okay, we've been watching and we think these two immediately are someone that we would want to come up to camp and see if they can do something for our team. Yeah, and I mean, I think we, you know, we we joke about the the League One versus the Championship numbers in preseason, but I mean, I think in reality, we all know like a lot of these Championship sides, they might be playing reserves, they might be playing trialist. Same thing with the League One teams. Um, you know, I I get it. There's there's a contingent of people in America that really want pro rel. Um, there's some people that don't want it at all. There's some people that are maybe somewhere in the middle. Uh, probably a lot of people somewhere in the middle, and then the thing that you have to remember is that these things are really like the fraction of the fraction of the smallest percentage of people who live in this country and are even soccer fans in this country. We're the, we're the fringe that are even thinking about pro rel and these things to this depth. The reality is whether you want it or not, it's not here yet. And, and it's not coming tomorrow. You know, this is something that you know, I think I think we can look at the way the USL is structuring these three leagues and say, hey, maybe this is something down the road. They're thinking maybe they can slowly start to adapt and see what it looks like. But until it's here, I mean, I don't think as a player you're thinking much about it at all. You're just thinking, this is the team I'm here. I'm a I'm an athlete. I'm a competitor. I'm here to win. I'm here to further my career, to advance my career as a player and try to play at the highest level possible. And so honestly, like, honestly, I don't think they care two licks about, well, we can't, our team can't get promoted if we win. Like, I don't think they care. So guys, uh, Steven Hernandez, um, he kind of jumped the gun on what I, what I was going to talk about actually to close this one. Um, is the fact that you know in in a couple weeks, uh, our our pod, the podcast before the season starts is going to be a little bit different. You know, obviously, we'll cover some news and some questions, but it's going to be less factual. It's going to be more of we're just going to give outrageous outtakes of what we think the season's going to be because I feel like if we don't do that, we're not a true uh, uh, league league podcast. Um, but. The question is here for the first seven games, and these answers will not, you don't have to hold these for when we have our, our actual uh, questions here, but for the first seven games, who is the team that is most likely to go undefeated, the most likely to not have a win in seven games, and who's most likely to give Madison a uh, run for their money with social media? Uh, Jason, you have you have the hot take, so we're gonna go with you. Okay, so most likely go undefeated. Got two. 
Um, I've got Tormenta, and I've been saying that from the get-go just because of the chemistry. They've all played with each other before. There's so many players that have come up from uh, the League Two. Um, so I think that they're ready to just come out the gates, um, and they've been really low-key about it. So I like their chances. And I like Chattanooga because they've got those guys in early. They're, they've been in training camp forever. I think they were the first people to start training camp in League One or one of the first teams to start training camp in League One. So they're ready, and they've got experienced international players. They've just been working on that chemistry. So I think they're going to come out the gates, and they're going to be scoring. Uh, going winless, I'm just going to say Toronto just because I don't know – if Toronto even has a full team that can put out yet, I don't know what's going on they with Toronto. Keeper, though. They have they a do. goalkeeper. Right. So he's going to save maybe eight and then allow 12. I don't know. But I don't I don't know what's going on with Toronto. So just based off of that, I at least have seen Orlando's roster and recognize a couple names and can see that they have talent. I don't know what's going on with Toronto. And uh, for Madison with the social media – you could go on social media right now and see um, Madison try to say, hey, uh, Tucson, remember this guy? Uh, Jiro, he scored a hat trick against y'all and uh, was scoring all over y'all and busting y'all. So what do you think of that? And Tucson had a nice little spicy response saying like, oh, well, we don't really remember that because the guys that we played against him aren't even on our team. So they're kind of saying like, oh, that's cute that your trialists that you think are good enough for signing, they're not even good enough to sign for our team. So uh, Tucson, I think, you know, they do a lot of good videos. And now that they're getting a little spicy, they might uh, come in the dark horse with the social media. Chris, uh, give us your uh, suggestions. Yeah, I think uh, I think most likely to go winless is, I mean, I probably am going to say Toronto too. I mean, I, I, I also wouldn't be shocked if Orlando's in that mix. Um, I think those two teams to me are the two that, seem to it's the living living embodiment of the the gif with the the stick figure poking the stick saying do something um so either one of those teams i could see going winless i'm i'm trying not to be a super homer about this but really when i look at the schedule okay when i look at greenville's schedule their first four games they're they they open the league season right down the road at tormenta Where they and then their they first have loss and but then they ahead. have three back-to-back-to-back home games. So I think they have the best chance to be undefeated after four. And if that's the case, you know, after that, they've got to go up to up to Madison, back home to North Texas, and up to Lansing. So that's a little more back and forth. But I do think having your first four games either at home or right down the road gives them a little bit of an advantage of just having that continuity, not having to bounce all across the country I mean, I can tell you who's not doing it. Tucson's not doing it because they're just going to be there. It's too much travel. I don't think that they have the capability to do that and bounce all around the country. Uh, in terms of social media, hey, look, I I might happen to know a guy who runs the social media up in Lansing, and I'm just giving him temp. I'm giving him tips. I'm gonna train him on how to be some spicy, uh, spicy social. Give him some GIF some of my gift skills. And uh, I, I think Lansing, I, I think my guy up there is, uh, I think he's got potential to take on Madison, especially, and honestly, I'd love to see it because I think the Lansing-Madison rivalry has potential to be really great. And so I think if he can, uh, if he can really go, go shot for shot with the Madison folks, uh, it's only going to do good things for the league. Ira. I, I was going to pass it back to you, Jeff. What do you think? Uh, so undefeated, you know, I think Chattanooga should. Um, and 
I don't know. I, I'm torn between, between Greenville and uh, Tormenta, to be honest with you. But if, if I had to take one team, like just one team with the best shots, it's, it's going to be Chattanooga. Um, to go winless, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a clean sweep that we think it's going to be Toronto. Um, and I, I, on the social media, like, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, you know. We know you don't think it's the Riverhounds. No, no. <laughs> Uh, you know what? You know, I, I will. I, I'm going to side with Chris, and it's not because Lansing's my team. I, I'm going to side with him just because it's that natural rivalry, and I feel like if you're not on par on the, on the social media level with your rival, and we've seen them trade bar, barbs already, so like they have to keep up with them at least this year. Do I think they're going to challenge them and beat them? Probably not, but I think it's going to be a, a nice, fun season-long battle to keep an eye on. So I'm glad Stephen asked the question this way because I actually think that the the chances of you know after seven games after seven matches not having uh, I think everyone will have a win and everyone will probably have a loss um, in, in the first seven. But I, I I don't think Chattanooga can do it, Jeff. I, I just I think their back line is is really you know kind of weak. Um, so. Yeah, I think I might have to go with Greenville as well. I mean, it's also strength of schedule. Like, you know, how many of the two two teams that they play also? Um, I think they play two of them in the first seven, where some of the other games they don't. They don't. Um, as a second place dark horse of that, I might go with with Lansing as well. I I, I think that they're secretly putting together um, a pretty interesting team. That you know, the problem is, I think with all of these teams is that we don't know how a lot of the trialists are going to work out. That people are are. Um, that that teams are signing. So until we see a game or two, um, like I wish we'd ask this question after you know the next seven games after the first two, because then we'll have a better idea. Um, winless, you know, I think we have to be unanimous that it's probably Toronto, just because we don't know who they, you know, we don't know who they are. Um, and uh, I, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm going to stay away from social media as much as possible. <laughs> wow! Shots <laughs> at millennials, shots at Riverhounds. What it. Interesting show today. Okay, two things before we get out of here. Old ass. <laughs> two things. Um, one, speaking of trialist, uh, I found out at the game uh, over the weekend that former Riverhounds goalkeeper Mike Kirk, who was our third string goalkeeper um, that turned second after an injury, is on trial. I haven't confirmed if he's a signee. Um, but from what I what I've understand from the uh, Lansing people is that they keep the trialist very very under you know under lock and key until but now. He's uh so but Mike Kirk is at least a trialist for Lansing. He got a few minutes of playing time, and there is potential that one of the trialists from the Riverhounds. They got uh, dropped this past week, so two weeks ago. Um, we couldn't confirm or deny, but it seemed like he was also playing for Lansing. Uh, which you know, if that's the case, I know they need some, they're built, you know, some some good depth for defense. So that's also welcome. Uh, so there's that, and then the second thing, because we've had spicy soccer, um, by me saying. 
that I didn't care or you probably shouldn't have paid attention to the River Hounds. Here we go, backpedaling. No, 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 no backpedaling. I stand by that. But I also stand by the fact that if you're from an area where your team is struggling, so this is this is great for League One because this is starting out. So if you are from an area like where the team is going to be in a rough patch because all these teams are going to have a rough Toronto, patch. Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with or, or, with Orlando because I don't. I honestly don't know if Toronto has that many fans. I know that Orlando's MLS team has some fans. <laughs> wow! I'm being, I'm being serious. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know oh, if Orlando boy. has like. If you've watched any of the championship teams, uh, you know the last couple of years, there's not that many people that show up to Toronto games. So like. I honestly don't know if how many fans Toronto Two has, but you know if you are in a situation where your team struggles for a while, even if they're good and then struggles for a while, don't be fair weather. Don't quit on them just because they're bad. Please, like that's not how you do fandom. Because the second they're good, you're going to be back on it. We've seen it with all the other sports, and yes, there's some good things that come out of bandwagoning and fair weather fans. But please don't do this thing where my team is bad. I'm going to just sneak into the bushes. And then as soon as they're good, I'm going to Homer Simpson and come back out of them. Please don't do that. Mm. So he did call out the fans again. Wow. <laughs> oh, you guys. Uh, okay. Before we get out of here, is there anything else that you guys want to bring up? I know that the, there's the Atlanta game on. Uh, did Monterey uh, get that penalty, by the way? Or is it still uh, still a draw? Uh, they scored. No one knows? Wow. Okay. Let's wrap it up. All right. I'm leaving, yeah, I'm leaving everyone out here because uh, they want to go. Uh, so thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scars, official scarf supplier of the MLS, the ULS, and U.S. Soccer. Get your custom scars for your group or team at roughneckscars.com. Thank you, guys. Uh, I know that you dealt with a little bit of a technical delay. Thank you for sticking on to us. Go watch go watch Atlanta. I, I know two of you are just going to drop off now and, and go, but uh, have a good week. Uh, watch for that, uh, that that jersey reveal on Friday. Make sure you, uh, you follow us at uh, League One Fun. Make sure you listen to the podcast, subscribe, share with all your friends. Plug it like crazy. Uh, we'll see you next week. All you dozen of Toronto fans, get in his mentions. Get in Jeff's mentions. Show that you're out there. Show you care about your team. His DMs are open. <laughs>